I'm Dwayne Brummett. He's Ali Alborigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alborigo, uh, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, great to be with you today, sir. Yeah, thank you very much. You kind of froze at that. You said great to be, and then you froze, so it sounded like you were stuttering. But, but uh, it's great to be with you as well. Yeah, our final uh, broadcast for the year, I and know, right? uh, moving in, getting ready for the next year, my friend. I know, isn't it crazy? Like I, my last few coaching calls have been exactly, um you know, exactly that, like what we have one week left and then we're off for the break and then we're back in. And I can't imagine it's 2024 already. Like, you know, in, in like a week and a half from now, it'll be a new year, ball, the ball dropping and starting a new set of goals and shooting to hit your numbers and just the whole repeat process. Right. Yeah. Pete and repeat. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, uh, I don't know what it is, but I mean, I think as I get older, it seems like time goes faster that not like slower. Well, it's true. I mean, you ask your parents and, and they're going to tell you the same thing that they go, you know, my mom says, you think time goes fast for you. Wait, <laughs> wait yeah. till you get to be my age, you know? So how old is your mom? My mom is 87. Okay. All right. So mine's 75. So yeah. yeah. But it's interesting though, because, um, like, you know, with time in regards to time, like you look back, I know it's cliche and it sounds like everyone says it, but like when I look back, I mean, it's been 32 years since I opened my school. Like, you know, you know, in the, did you see the documentary with Sylvester Stallone? It's called Sly on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. I saw the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger that and that amazing, was right? really good. Yes. Yeah, well, this one with Stallone is, is really great too. And, uh, there's one thing that he says in there that I keep on quoting. He says, uh, from like zero to 45 years old, you're, you're counting how you're like, you're adding on, right. You're everything is addition. He says, but when you hit 45, all the years on up are subtraction. Right. So he's like, you know, Hey, I got 30 years more, 40 years, 50 more than the minute you hit 45, you go, I only have, you know, 40 years left, 39 years left or, you know, like, cause you start counting down the time and, and time is so short. I never would have imagined I'd be 59 years old. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what I thought. I didn't think like that time would ever come. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Well, when you're a kid, time moves so slow. Um, and then when you get to be in your twenties, it's, it picks up a lot more. You feel, you know, especially if you get married, you know, late twenties or whatever, but then 30 to 40, like you said, it's, it all you're, you're just trying to survive. I think at that yeah. point, you know, you're trying to get your feet fitted, you <laughs> stabilize, you're trying to get your house stabilized, trying to grow your kid or kids up. And so, yeah. It, yeah. It, uh, it, we had a, a podcast and we do it with Mike Bodansky and uh, Bogdansky. He um, it was about the aging martial artist or was it on my other podcast? I'm not must sure. Have been you and uh, yeah, you and Gus. that's right. So, so he had talked and, and this is kind of an interesting you know, interesting conversation because uh, as you get older, you start thinking differently. And I, I constantly see <clears throat> the younger physical martial artists talking about, you know, stuff like 
well, if you're not training six days a week, four hours a day, you're no longer a martial artist. And, you know, you're no longer a black belt if you're not on the floor fighting with your student. You know, and I, I think to myself, I'm like, I used to think that way when I was younger, when I was capable. And not to say that I'm not now, but I'm certainly not as capable physically as I was when I was in my 20s and 30s and even early 40s, right? So, you know, it's days days I wake up and I'm, I tell my wife, I'm like, I'm so sore. My arms are killing me. Like, what what did I do? Like, you know, I, I don't even recall doing anything. And I just feel tired or exhausted or, you know, muscle pain or whatever. Um, it, it, there's a huge adjustment period, you know, in as you get older to try to understand the concept of being an older martial artist. Well, you were sparring in your sleep. That's what it was. Could be, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, just sleeping on this one side too long, I wake up and I'm like in pain. You know, so but but how do we do that? Like, how do we how do we approach that as we get older? And how do we, you know, live our lives, you know, from that perspective? Uh, yeah, I it just I think it just takes um. Uh, just a, a different mind shift. It's kind of like, you know, when you first started your school, I don't know about you, but um, the energy that I had with regards to doing everything I possibly could do to, to, to build it up to all the way from the energy on the floor and then going, wow, this type of uh, workload or tenacity or whatever it, it has its limits. And so I need to learn how to duplicate myself, delegate things, uh, not do everything myself, just, you know, so I had to get, I had to work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And, and so I think just as you get older, if you're naturally, if you're really stopping and thinking and, and, and looking at your, your life, you do start to, I, I want to call it mature. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't work out. I'm not saying, I mean, you should, you should be doing something active uh, every single day, Yeah. but you know, it doesn't always have to be martial arts, but right. it, it, it should be martial arts some throughout the week, probably. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I, I think that there's a few dynamics, right. That have that, you know, people don't realize like when they're young and they're new and the schools are new and they just started doing this, you have a totally different energy than you do. Let's say 32 years in, like, I, I, I hate to admit this, but there are times where I'm, I wake up in the morning and I say to myself, oh, I'm so excited to go into the dojo and I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And, and then like mid afternoon, I'm thinking of excuses as to, and by the way, I'm, a, I, I'm capable the way I set my life up. Um, I don't have to go in at all. Like I have, just like you, you have great staff. Um, they do the job that they would do whether we were there or not. You know, they're running the school. Things are going well. Um, the schools are making money and thriving and new enrollment is coming in. But I think to myself, oh, well, you know, and my wife too, she goes, are you going in tonight? I'm like, don't try to convince me not to go in. Like, you know, don't even do that. Cause all she has to do is say, Hey, you want to cook dinner together? And I'll be like, okay, I'll stay home. Like, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I do miss the days where that's all I thought about. And I loved being there every second of the day. And I could teach six classes in a row without being tired, come home and eat dinner and watch TV with full of energy. It, it's a different lifestyle as you get older and you start, I think your tolerance level starts to shrink, um, you know, tremendously about like, 
how we would have dealt. Like I had a parent with a kid who has autism. Uh, the family does not uh, want to admit that he has anything going on. Um, so that he's not being treated. He's not being analyzed. And the kid obviously has issues, sensory issues. He runs around the school yelling. And, you know, if he hears the train go by, he runs up to the window and starts banging it and he doesn't listen. And the dad's like, yeah, we just got to get him to, you know, to pay attention. And, uh, and, and the kid also is only coming one day a week. So we don't have much like not consistent training. So we can't really get a grip on him to get him to start to learn the habits because it's one day a week for 45 minutes. So I just told the dad two days ago, I'm like, um, you know, Monday, I said, I, I don't think this is going to work out. We did it on a trial basis. I don't think that you're putting in enough time for us to make our lives easier. So I just don't think it's going to pan out. And he agreed um, because he doesn't want to put the time in. Right. You know, so, but as, I have less patience for that now than I would have years ago. I would have done anything I could, worked extra, gave him a private lesson. You know what I mean? Right. And, and yeah. I just, now I'm saying to myself, do I want to spend the energy, you know, um, taking to try to do that? And I might sound like I'm cruel for saying no, but no, no, no. I was going to say sometimes I, I, <clears throat> I feel like I'm horrible uh, because right. we do that as well now, um, where I would have bent over backwards before. But that being said, uh, this is horrible to say, 99% of the time it didn't pan out anyways. Yeah. And you know, it's not, you know, isn't it funny that we say it's horrible to say, because we kind of feel guilty from our perspective, we want to give more to those students than they want for themselves. And um, like, for example, this parent that, you know, they want their kid to do martial arts so that they can learn all the benefits, but they're not willing to put the time in. But I'm willing to do whatever I can during that hour. And, you know, it ruins my entire class chasing him around, mentioning his name 57 times, assigning an assistant to help one kid when they can be helping 20. Um, and, and I do that because I have this. And by the way, I have to admit, my guy, Ryan, he said, I don't think it's a good idea. And, and I did it anyway um, against his his yes. request, um, which kind of is bad. But at the same time, I have more compassion and empathy than he does, maybe. But he was right. Like, and he's like, you're going to put all that energy into this one guy. He's going to ruin the class for the other 25 kids. And uh, why? Like, why put that energy in? Not to say that it's not admirable, but it definitely didn't pan out. And like 95% of the time when I've done that. Yeah, no, it, it, <clears throat> there's something to be said about, you know, when our head instructors say something and I'm not telling you what to do, right. but it does. It, it Often is the time that Mr. Bean is correct. Mm -hmm. um, he's just willing to say it. Yeah. But do you think that's because I, I sometimes, maybe you'll understand because you probably maybe have thought this, but do you feel like sometimes they just feel like that because it's not their school, even though they love the school and, and they don't have the patience that we would have, or they're not thinking of it from our perspective, or are they just more clear headed than us? You know, cause they don't let all that other crap get in the way. Yeah. I, yeah. I, for me anyways, with, with Bean, I think that he is not as emotional about things as I am. And if it doesn't fit the model that we have on the floor, then it's not worth doing it. And just being upfront with them. Right. Uh, is probably better. Yeah. So, and so I, I may be in your shoes by the end of 
January. And, and here's what I mean is we, I had somebody reach out to us. They were in our special rec program. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, um, teenage and adult uh, mentally disabled um, individuals. So right. anywhere from autism to um, uh, down syndrome, you know, those type of things. Yeah. And we've got a special program that we do in rotation with uh, a, a certain group called special rec that, you know, helps and put together these activities, but we do it with them. So anyways, the kid had, uh, he's got down syndrome. He had done the special rec program, but it was really, and he did it during the summer, but he can't do it throughout the year because of the time it comes, it starts at, at, uh, at three 15 in the afternoon on Friday and goes till four o'clock. So right. there's no way he can make it there because of the time he gets out of school and mom's like, you know, is there any way that he can be in, in the program? And I said, well, let's first do a half an hour private lesson one-on-one. I'll work with him. I'll evaluate him. I said, but I just want you to know that, you know, even if I say, yes, he can do the trial in going through the trial, we feel that he is not going to be able to do this level of a program. I'm going to be honest with you. Right now, Bean, he was sick last week. So he got the flu everybody else has. And, yeah. and so he wasn't there. I was, you know, had he been there, I would have said, hey, this is what we're doing. <clears throat> um, you know, watch him as I'm doing it. I'm I'm doing a do the lesson, but, you know, kind of yeah. glance over, see what you think. Um, because, we're, you know, based upon what whatever happens, we're going to give him a 30-day a, a trial. But he wasn't there. So he will be the 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 person that makes the decision. Um, and I will meet with the parents and tell them what the decision is after, you know, probably a couple of weeks into it, we'll know whether or not he can, you know, move forward. But I, I've had that before where Bean has said, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're not ready for this program. Hmm. Um, or we need to talk to so-and-so because they're just not a right fit. And one phrase that I learned from, uh, Melody Schumann, uh, was, Melody Schumann Johnson. Melody Schumann Johnson is uh, she, this was a beautiful phrase. When you're letting somebody know that you can't service them, you just say that, you know, um, our, uh, we and our program are not equipped to service you. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's a great way to, to put it. So that's what we, that's what we do. And that's what we say is our program. We and our program are, are not equipped. Yeah. This yeah. program and us are not equipped to service you uh, at this point. We do have this program, meaning the special rec program, uh, but I know that doesn't fit uh, into your schedule. He certainly can do it in the summer, uh, but that's, you know, that's the best that we can do at this point. Right. You so know, I get it, it. Yeah, I get it too. And I think that that's interesting because, um, you know, I've had kids that, and we have a kid who's autistic, who started off in the program where every two seconds he'd run off the floor, he'd be in the other room. I and he was a big boy. I you know couldn't just carry him back in. Like um, his feet would be up on the wall. He'd be screaming on the top of his lungs. Well, lo and behold, this kid is amazing now. Like he is un- unbelievable. He's got the the parents have written me letters about how and and the aides and the the helpers and the school teachers are like blown away by the progress that he has gotten. 
that's because I took the time with him. But back then I, you know, my guy was saying, you know, he's not a good fit. Let's, let's not do this. And I did, I went against his word and now the kid, it, you know, he still has outbursts, but he's not at all. I mean, I have some kids, so-called regular kids that give me more of a hard time than this kid does. Right. Um, but, uh, but then on the other hand, I've had those times where I've kept the kid in the program to my own demise, where parents parents were taking their kids out because they feared, like, you know, having this kid with a weapon, a bow staff, a hanbo, a sai um, in his hands practicing during class while his, their kids were in the classroom. They never knew what he was going to do, how he was going to lash out and so on. So I, right. I kept them in the program. And funny, funny story is at the end of the year when it was up for renewal after torturing myself for a whole year and assigning people to help him. And um, the parent says to me, uh, uh, we're, we're probably going to go down the road because they said they're going to give us the program for $5 cheaper. So unless you meet the price, um, we're not going to continue. I said, well, that's great news. I said, thank you so much because I felt bad and I'm glad that you found a better price and a better school. So good luck with that. And then I just walked away and they're like, but wait, well, no, 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 we're not going to do the renewal. We're done. Like, you know, I, I, it was amazing. And I had put all that time and effort in. I mean, it was just a nightmare for a year. So you got to be real careful. Like choosing your students is is important. I don't think that we do enough of that. I think school owners are always looking for a student. Like who's going to sign up? It doesn't matter that they spit and drool in class and, you know, and, and yell and scream and hurt others, right? We're going to keep them. We're going to teach them. We're going to turn them around, right? Meanwhile, we lost 25 people because of it. Yeah. <clears throat> so careful. Since we're, are we complaining or are we just stating facts? Yeah. I don't think it's complaining mm -hmm. I, at okay. all. I think, mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of school owners, right. That may be thinking what we're thinking right now and questioning whether they should do it as well. So like, I, I had a, a crap show Thursday night at the studio. Oh yeah. So we have, Mr. Bean was out because he was sick. So I'm filling in. And uh, I guess it's a good thing that I, I was there and that he didn't have to handle any of this. But we've got a tiny little ninja, been with us for a while. Apparently, the grandparents come and watch. Dad comes and watches. I don't know that I've ever seen mom. But again, I'm not there enough, right? Yeah. And... Uh, so Mrs. Potus, who is our program director on Tuesday, Thursday, she informs me that the great grandma, it, they don't want the great grandma there because uh, they think that, that she's going to kidnap the kid. Okay. I said, well, do they have an order of protection? And she's like, well, no, not that I know of. And, and so I, it was a crap show, dude. Yeah. Um, like the great grandma shows up. The grandma corners me and says, hey, look, we're worried about, you know, what I had stated before. And the fact that this, this person actually went to the school and tried to give them, get in contact with the kid. And now she's here trying to be in contact with the kid. And I said, well, you know, she, you know, uh, basically she's saying, you can you kick her out? And I go, well, do you guys have an order of protection? 
Well, no, but we're in the midst of, you know, getting the law involved. I said, well, at this point, nothing's happening. And, you know, nothing's going to happen here. And then um, at the end of class, I walk out the door so that, you know, if for some reason the lady grabs the kid, I'm there. Yeah. Right. And so dad comes. He was pissed. Dad comes and meets me outside. He leave, he reads me the riot act. Um, and I said, well, that's why I walked out that door. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see why you walked out that door. I'm appreciative of that. Thanks. Uh, and then, you know, he's saying she can't be here. And I'm like, well, look, um, I've never had to deal with this before. Yeah. And, you know, without an order of protection, I, I mean, had you had an order of protection, I could have said, yeah, absolutely, lady, you got to leave here. Yeah. Um, I said, but after my conversation with you, I will go and talk with her. And of course, in the midst of it, he's like, well, my kid's not going to come back here if she's allowed, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. You know how they do. And I said, well, I will talk with her and then I will get in contact with you and let you know what's going on. Yeah. So they leave. There were some others. Oh, when I said that, I, you know, look, I, I've never had to deal with this before. I don't have a standard operating procedure for this. And he looks at me, he goes, well, you should. Hmm. And then he says, you know, he's a, a firefighter and we have standard operating procedures. I was like, I was going, you didn't create any of the, I didn't say this, but I'm thinking you didn't create yeah. any of those. Right. You got hired on, you met the qualifications, got hired on to a company or to a, uh, uh, an organization that already had standard operating procedures in yeah. place to deal with supposedly everything, which you can't deal with everything. Right. You know? And I go, well, when things like these, this comes up, come up, I, afterwards I create a standard operating procedure. I, right. I can't know everything that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And I was pissed. Uh, so they leave. I talked to the great grandma, great grandma, you know, tells me that I'm hearing the same thing from her, that they think that she's going to do X, Y, and Z. And I just pleaded with, I just look at her. I go, look, I just teach karate. And they just said that their kid's not coming back. If you show up here again, I go, I'd love to teach your great grandkid. So could you please just not come back here anymore? Right. And she was like, I just wanted to give him this gift. I said, well, you tried giving to him at school. You tried to give it to him here. So just mail it to him. Right. Well, if I mail it to him, they're probably just going to throw it away. I said, based upon what I saw today, you could hand it to him. And I bet you they're just going to throw it away anyways. Right. Um, so she says she's not coming back. I called dad up, tell him that, talk to her. She's not coming back. And I told her if she does come back, that the police are going to be called. And, uh, so lo and behold, uh, yesterday was the day that this little kid's supposed to come back to class. Mm -hmm. We get a phone call. Guess what? They're not quitting. Yeah. 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 After all of that, you, after all of that, you're, you're, you're leaving, you're quitting. Right. Oh, 
I know, dude, I I get it. It's like, you know, again, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Although I can tell you this, that, you know, your business is your private property. And if you don't want someone on premise, you could just tell them they're not allowed to be there. And if they don't leave, it's called criminal trespassing or something where you- No, I understand that, but she's just, I get that, but she's just sitting there watching. Yeah, I know. But who knows? Like, who knows why- this family has this issue with her or whatever. Right. But, but, who, but, but let's just cut to the chase. Like, why does it become your issue? You know, why do you have to deal with it? Why do you have to have a procedure and plot and process? You know, it's not something well, that we well, ever signed on for. No, but that's why I said, I'm, I just teach karate, yeah. but how am I supposed to know who's telling me the truth? Right. Exactly. Like, I, I am I supposed to side with the parent every single time just because they're paying yeah. Well, I think that no matter whether you agree with them or not, because they're the parent, you have to side with them, right? Because they're the ones that make the decisions for the child. If they're the custodians and legal custodians, it, whatever they say goes, it's their kid. You know, I mean, I've had people where I got a guy who I almost ended up in a fist fight with because he was drunk coming to pick up his kid. And it was the toughest thing I ever did. I remember being a young martial artist in my 30s, like not knowing how to handle this. And I said, you know what, sir, I, I can in good consciousness, let you leave with your kid the way you are. So you're going to have to find someone to come and pick him up. Um, but I can't let you do it. And if you try, I'm going to have to hold him here and then call the police. Um, so can you just leave and get someone else to pick him up? And it, it kind of was a very tense moment. Like I didn't know how it was going to end up in a fist fight or you know, and, and was I overstepping? Not really, but at the same time, I felt like I was, right? So th- that's the thing, you know, a lot of, sc- we have all these conversations that I don't think are on any other podcasts. Like they don't talk about the, the inner workings and the problems and what we have to deal with. So I'm hoping that people who are listening, uh, they, they go, wow, I- I'm glad I get to hear this. I'm glad I get to see that it's not just me or you know, how they dealt with it and what they so, did. So in the future, you're saying that I should just side with the parent and ask whoever they want me to eject from my business to eject from my business. Yeah. Unless it were like a neighbor that they didn't get along with. But like, if it was a like, use yourself as an example, pretend like when your son was young and you brought him to whatever, Right. Yep. And, and someone else showed up like another relative that you didn't give permission to to pick them up or be around them. You wouldn't you wouldn't be happy if the school let that happen. Right. Like there's sometimes like sh- people that say they're, they're allowed to be there or strangers or aunts and uncles that kidnap the children or they're you know, they're not allowed to be around them for whatever reason that the parent decides you have to side with the parent. Oh, OK. Right. You have to, because the parent is the one in charge of that kid's well-being. So do you think I should call that parent back up and apologize? I think that, no, I don't think you have to apologize. I think that you might want to explain what you're, what you're feeling and what you were dealing with that you've never dealt with it before. Um, but, but I already did. Yeah. I did do that. Yeah. So then you could say you're sorry that you handled it the way you did and didn't give them the benefit of the doubt. But at this point, they're, they quit anyway. 
right? So really- Yeah, but I just may be in good conscience. I, I'm not calling to ask for your kid to come back. I just want to apologize on how it was handled. And right. I have created a standard operating procedure for moving forward. And yeah, so I think you know, that thank- would be a good thing. Okay. <clears throat> so you mentioned before we got on this, you said uh, you're not, you're not, which is a great thing that we talked about, but you mentioned also during that, you said you're not there enough. I forget what we were talking about. And you said like, yeah, sometimes I'm not there enough for the teacher or Mr. Bean. He knows the student better than, oh yeah. Like that kind of thing. So what are your thoughts on that? Because like, I, you know what, I have to be honest. It's, it's sometimes bothersome to me where like my, my student who runs the dojo when I'm not there, um, Every time there's a test, he always makes sure that he gets a picture tying the belt. Like he has people, he's got this procedure. Someone grabs a camera, he smiles. I might be there and do the whole test. I, you know, I teach a lot, Um, but he's perceived as being the guy that's doing all the testing, that's doing all the stuff. And that's sometimes bothersome to me because of people will, I'll see their comments. Like we love, you know, so-and-so he's doing an amazing job. You know, people look up to him and I'm going like, I get it. I'm not there every class, but sometimes I'm there five days a week. Some days I'm there three days a week, but I'm always there, you know, like, you know, and not, not as much as he is. And I wonder like, what do you have to be there every second of the day, every single class of the day to be recognized as the head instructor or the main guy? And why do people not see that? You know, and I look at it and I get frustrated with that. Well, I know from, for me, it, there was a, a time where it, I don't want to say it bothered me. I was disappointed that I I wasn't in that position anymore. Right. But I did it purposely to myself mm-hmm. so that one, I could have more freedom, but two, so that my, so that Mr. Bean could uh, grow more because right. with me in that position, I mean, he's, he can't grow anymore because yeah. I'm there. Yeah. So when I take myself out of that, it allows him. So there are, I mean, even Debbie, my wife, um, you know, back in the day when I first had done this, she she would say, doesn't it bother you that, you know, they get the cards or the Christmas gifts or, right. uh, you know, those type of things. I said, no, it just means that, we're, that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, you know, is it nice to be praised and acknowledged? Sure. And I, I feel like when I go in and I teach, I, Every, every time, I shouldn't say every time, almost every time I go in and teach, I have somebody say something to me, such as, you know, uh, it, it, there's just a different energy when you're here. Right. And I do, I just, I teach differently. Right. But that being said, the methodical teacher that Mr. Bean is, uh, he's very systems based. So the repetition of things, the uh, the way that it's structured, I don't know that I, I know that I would not be that structured. Yeah. I am, I'm more of a, you know, today we're going to work on this because I see everybody needs to work on that round kick. And yeah, yeah. I know the lesson plan says that we're supposed to work on a round kick for five minutes and then move to the forms and then move to the, yeah, they need more work on this roundhouse. Right, so right. I'll get to that stuff later. And that's funny. He's not like that at all. You see, I'm very much like you. And and I find that I could go in and just be like, Oh yeah, I, I think today's a day that we should, I'm watching him do a technique, a, a throw or a sweep or a wrist lock. 
okay, let's focus more on that and uh, forget all the other crap, you know, because we got to get, we, we're not doing well in this category, right? And we need to work on it more. But, you know, it's interesting though, too, in regards to, I love the freedom that I'm able to just say, I'm staying home today or um, not have to go in without the house burning down, so to speak. You know what I mean? And yeah. knowing that yeah. it can run properly and things are good. However, I do feel at times that things are a little bit watered down slightly or getting lost. I don't want to say in you know that much, but like I think that the way I taught back in the day, I think in the early days, my students were superior than they are now. Um, and uh, it was a different world, the way people acted, the respect that they had, the, the way they treated me as their teacher. But then again, maybe that wasn't a good thing because I have a lot of people that I no longer ever see ever anymore. They don't stay in touch. Maybe they hate me or remember me fondly, but I don't know because they're not in touch. So I wonder like, were the old methods great or were they, you know, just another method, right? So I wonder about that because I, I think well, it would be better the old way in a way. Yeah, but you're going to have that same thing now. So 25 years from now, the people that you have right now, you're not going to have a relationship. But even Ryan right. is not going to have a relationship with them. Yeah. You know, that's just, just what happens. We all get busy. We move on. Um, we all have our own lives, you know. Um, and like I've got a former instructor. He lives in the same town that our son goes to, our youngest son goes to college. We go up there to that college all the time, especially during volleyball season when we watch the volleyball games. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you, 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 and he's the one that says it to me. Hey, I saw you were in Kenosha. Why didn't you reach out? You know, right. let's get together. And unfortunately, at that point, it's like we're there for this. And then it's it's yeah. not conducive. But, you know, um, we still have that same mutual respect. Like he. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I definitely it's part of, partly on me, too. I'm not reaching out. Yeah. And that's interesting. Right. Like I, I just this is sad news, but I just my friend had a student that she had trained with him for 24 years and I knew her very well. She would come to all the different events that I was at and he was at, and he just texted me the other day and said, uh, Renshi Laurie just passed away. Like she was a young woman and I don't know why or how, what, what happened, but she wasn't feeling well. She went to the hospital a few hours later, she had died. Um, oh, and wow. I say to myself, like, and I always tell my one friend, like life is too short, you know, and we, we always say we're going to get together or we always say we're going to hang out or we always say we're going to talk on the phone and then we never get around to it. And then we'll regret it when, you know, if for something, God forbid, ever happened where we can no longer ever see that person again. So my good friend, uh, I don't know if you met him, Professor Sugar Cross and Robert Cross. And um, but uh, he always had a saying, he says, you should bring your parents their flowers while they're alive, not when oh. they're dead. Right. He said, that's the time to do it. And we don't take time enough to do that, you know, to, to give credit to the people who have helped us along in our lives. And like, I'm always forever posting on Facebook and my teacher, old, you know, she on Felix Vasquez, um, he'll comment. And then I'll always say something like she on without you, I wouldn't be this person and yada, 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 because it's true though. He shaped and molded me in so many ways. Um, and uh, I sometimes feel bad because it doesn't seem like I'm giving back enough to him. Yeah. You know, so I think we need to recognize that now as teachers and with our friends and our family and, and so on. So like, do you, I, I'm going to ask this question now that you brought this kind of up. Um, I'm thinking 
I've never done this before, but I know some people that they 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 choose a word for the year, mm -hmm. and that that word gives them the direction for that year. Have you ever done anything like that before? And no. the reason I ask that is because as you're saying those things, <clears throat> it's obviously reminding of me, you know, bringing to the forefront the word gratitude. Right. Second to that <clears throat> is I remember Zig Ziglar talking about the fact that he had um, what he called a wall of gratitude. Right. And so he had pictures of people that were in his life, past, present, future, um, that, that were on the wall. I mean, they never changed. And then if yeah. somebody else made it to the wall, you know, he would put them up on to the wall. Yeah. And I thought, I thought for years, wow, it'd be really neat to have a wall of gratitude. Um, so first question, have you ever had a word, you know, for the year type thing? I'm sure you've heard of that. And then, I have, I've know, never done it though. Okay. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what that does. If that, if that really does set the tone, it probably does. It sets in, you know, sets the tone for the whole year. But I know gratitude is really the healthiest human emotion. Yeah, uh, I do know that for a fact. Uh, revenge is one of the worst yeah. uh, emotions, most negative emotion. So, um, but one of the most powerful ones. It, it, it used. Uh, used correctly, yes. Well, I'm saying, but even incorrectly or correctly, revenge is a very, like people will, you know, kill their spouses or kill over it, steal over it, like revenge to get people back versus what you're saying, the gratitude emotion. It seems that we tend to overlook the gratitude, right? We And if we do have it, you and I are talking about it now. I even, I wrote down like, um, we can talk about this in a second. We call it the bubble concept, my friend and I, and I'll t talk about it in a second. But you're right, though. Gratitude is it's short lived, though, right? Because we're not used yeah. to living in that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm going to make my word for next year gratitude. Hmm. I don't know how I'm going to utilize that word. I don't know, but I got a couple of weeks to come up with the framework that I want to demonstrate that gratitude throughout this next right. year. And, and then I guess what I'm thinking is how do I, how do I demonstrate that in my relationship with my wife, with my kids, uh, my friends, how do I demonstrate that relationship to the studio and my employees and the students? Yeah. And thinking about that rather, and rather moving on to it, that other thing that I was talking about, I, I think of the book, The Five Love Languages. Have you ever read that? Yeah. Isn't that interesting though? Like, so for example, gratitude, right? Like how we show it, right? And what we'll do, like you and I may, like I tell you all the time how important you are to me and how thankful I am to have you as a friend. And I just did it again just now um, by saying that and reaffirming that. Um, and you're much better at that than I am, yeah. to be quite honest. But with that's you. okay though, because like sometimes like our love languages are different. Like for example, I remember like for me, I'm more of a service person where I like to be serviced versus, and I don't mean that in a sexual way or anything weird, um, but like I would rather get a, a hey, honey, I just made you dinner, um, you know, and, and you know, but, but that's the truth though, right? I mean, um, but uh, I rather than, you know, I just made you dinner or I, I picked you up that dessert that you like, like those little things mean more than someone coming up and writing me a big long letter at how amazing I am and what I do and how important I am because those words 
don't hit me like the actual the service item right of being yeah. taken care of the action right and everyone yep. has a different love language it has a different way of appreciating something so that's something when we when we approach our parents or the students and we wonder like wow they didn't seem very thankful like you know like i my mom is at a senior center and she's in a memory care unit so we gave the lady who's always calling me on her own personal cell phone and FaceTiming me so I could see my mom and talk to her. She does it every other day. So we gave her $150 Venmo gift just to say thank you. And it didn't seem like she was overwhelmed, like, oh, great, this is so nice of you. But it's because some people don't know how to show. It's not that she didn't appreciate it because I could see she did, but she didn't know how to show the appreciation, right? And I, I could have said, well, oh my God, she doesn't appreciate it. Like, look, I went out of my way and gave her the gift and why did I bother? Right. You know, so right. it really all depends on how people are seeing those things. That's why the five love languages was a great book. It really made me understand a lot about relationships, friendships, family, children, and you know, parents and so on. But I, I, and a, I was just going to quickly add on to that is, um, uh, you know, sometimes you can identify how the other person wants to be serviced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by how they, deliver those messages to you sometimes sometimes you know? it's a big sometimes right because some sometimes we assume because of the way we think that they should see it from our point of view like i'll give you an example you met one of my crazy ex-girlfriends i won't mention any names but you know exactly what i'm talking about and um the book the five love languages i bought a copy gave it to her she I, I read my copy. I zipped through it and read it. And I'm ready for work. Like I'm ready to go to town and do everything the book says. I want to understand her perspective. Hey, did you read the book? Nah, I'm not interested. Like, so how do you, how am I supposed to do all the work if, if they're not even going to read the book? And that's because they have a totally different perspective on the value of the relationship where we're at in the relationship, whether they want to put the energy into the relationship and so on. And that's very much like our, families in our dojo, right? Like we want their kids to be amazing, but they're not putting in the time like that autistic child that they're going one day a week. They don't, they can't find the time to do it more yet. They want us to do magic in one day a week for 45 minutes. And it just makes our life more and more difficult. Yeah. Right. So, so my friend, Soke John Oschlager, um, talks about the bubble. Like you and I right now are in each other's bubble, right? And who, who is in our bubble, right? Like when I leave, by the, the way, yeah. I'm not servicing you in this bubble. That's exactly it. Know. And I would not ask you to. Um, but, <laughs> but but as far as the bubble, my friend will say, our, as we get older, the bubble starts to shrink. Like we yeah. used to have a massive amount of friends that we stayed in touch with. Like tomorrow, I usually go Wednesday mornings to breakfast, but tomorrow we have our holiday breakfast. So I have about 12 or 13 martial art friends of mine. We all meet at this diner and we're going to have a good time and talk and Everyone buys their own breakfast and we just sit and chat. It's like our holiday breakfast that we do once a year. Um, but try to keep that bubble open, right? Or else it'll slowly get smaller and smaller. Remember so-and-so? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I haven't heard from him in forever. Like, you know, every, we start to bring the bubble down to kind of a few little things. So trying to keep that bubble expanded and open is very important in our lives as well. Yeah, I, and I think women do a better job with that than men mm. in, in, in most cases where yeah. women have a lot more acquaintances th and friends than men do, at least from my perspective, yeah. what I see as, as, as time moves on. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, quite honestly, I spend more time with you than I do my two best friends that live in, in, in my area. It's amazing, right? Well, it's, I mean, look, I'm not, when I say this, it's nothing against you. It's sad. Yeah. No, I get to it. To be quite honest with you, it's sad. Yeah. I do. I work really hard to keep my friendships across the board open. Like, even if it's just like, hey, I know Ali, he's a good guy. I know so-and-so, he's a good guy. Like, I try to keep that open um, to stay in contact because, like I said, it's very easy. But I'm really lucky because I do keep those relationships open. I could go, hey, uh, John Hackleman, will you be on our podcast? Or, you know, John Graydon or whoever, Stephen Oliver. or You know, because I try to always keep these relationships open enough that I'm – I'm on their radar versus like, Hey, I remember that guy, but we haven't talked in years. Why would I bother returning his phone call kind of thing? Sure, and that's, sure. that takes a lot of work that I could almost say, you know, we're not best friends, but at the same time we're friends. Oh yeah. He's my friend. Let me give him a call. Like I always joke with my daughter. I always have, a, I have a bunch of fake celebrities in my telephone. So I'll be like Channing Tatum is on the movie and I'm going, Oh, you want me to call him right now? She's like, yeah, dad, five, 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 one, two, one, two. Right. Dad. Like, I'm like, well, let me call. Hey Channing, how, how you do? Like, you know, I'll, and she, okay, dad, great. You know, like I'll fake through it. Right. Sometimes though I have people in there that she doesn't believe that I know and I'll call him and go here, talk. Can you talk to my daughter? Like, you know, people that are quite famous, but, uh, but most of the time it's fake. Um, but, but, you know, keeping the bubble open is important, right? Keeping that and, and the, the tolerance level too, like as we get older, right? Our tolerance grows smaller to keep that bubble open. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I also think, um, yes, our tolerance, I agree with that, but I also think our skepticism on why at this point in our life, does this person want to have a, a friendship with me? Right. And what's the ulterior motive yeah. behind having, like, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Like I, you know, I believe that that's where we look at things and we go like, yeah, what is my value to them? Like, do I have any value? Am I, you know, like, is there any reason why they would but want to be my friend? Or maybe they're just normal people and they like you as a friend. Like it, you don't have to have a value. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to have a nice car. You could just be a good guy and they enjoy you and find you interesting. And I find that to be, as I get older, I start looking more for relationships like that versus the other, the latter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I like, I like that challenge. Um, open up the bubble. Yeah, a little bit more this year. And I I would venture to say the more I encapsulate uh, the word gratitude this coming year, I think that will open up my bubble even more. Yeah. You know what, too, is I, I think gratitude is great, right? Because gratitude, I think, serves as a purpose of us being thankful for other things that are happening around us, right? Like, in other words... I'm grateful for your friendship or I'm grateful for my dojo and I'm, I have gratitude towards my students. But I think also too, that, you know, remember that old book that was super popular called don't sweat the small stuff. Cause it's all small stuff or whatever it was. No, uh -uh. you never heard about that good book. You should read it. It's called don't sweat the small stuff. Very quick read. Um, and it was, uh, you know, like the little things that we let bother us, the little things that we let, derail our day or ruin our day or upset us um, about 
you know, I knew what they were trying to say when they said that comment. Meanwhile, they, they were just making a joke and they didn't mean anything by it. So we, we try not to sweat the small stuff, right? Like, and, and then we have to learn to appreciate more. Like, I know this is going to sound weird, but when I was in Florida, we found this, this vegan restaurant, very high end, um, vegan restaurant with multiple locations. And, uh, it was, uh, like Asian cuisine. Like I had, um, you know, tuna on, you know, on, like tuna sushi, like on the rice with the tuna on it. I actually had that, but it was made from watermelon. And from oh. what I remember, it tasted like tuna. You know, what I remember in my mind, cause it's been 20 years that I haven't eaten fish, but I remember, you know, like eating it and being like, Oh my God, this is so good. It's so, you know, like I was able to have something that I hadn't had in a long time, of course, cause I changed my moral uh, mentality on eating animals. So I, but I was able to experience that. So I was like, so appreciative of that one little experience. And I was like, I remember just feeling going like, wow, this is great. Right. It's something so small. Right. But sure. uh, so we don't do, I don't know it. I don't, I say we as a general statement, but I don't think we do that enough. We're so caught up in the hamster wheel all day long that we don't show that gratitude. We don't feel that appreciation and, and pay thanks to the small things. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. And I, and I think, I guess I'll give everyone a report as the year goes on, uh, you know, starting next year with our podcast, Yeah. Uh, you know, on what that, but the, the word gratitude has done for me uh, throughout the year. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And you, though, I think that from what I know about you being the religious man that you are and, you know, following your faith and all those things, I think that that's built into the word, right? Gratitude. Sure, but that that doesn't mean that I have to subscribe to it or follow it. Right, right. And you talk about the word jaded. Um, I am I am more jaded now than I've ever been. And I think if I start to focus on gratitude, it's going to change that. Because like I was having a telephone call with Mr. Bean yesterday, and um, you know, then he had told me that 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 kid had canceled. Right, right. Uh, and I just was like, I was livid. Mm. I was livid. Yeah. And I said a few things and I go, man, I go. And then he, he rebuttaled and said what he said. He was so much more positive than me. And I told him, I go, I'm just going to lean on your positivity right now. Right. I am really negative at the moment. Yeah. And he kind of, he kind of chuckled. Uh, and then we moved on. Now, that being said, back when I was 35, I wasn't as jaded either. Right. But that still doesn't mean he's going to end up like me where I'm at at 50 and be as jaded as I am right now. Yeah. If he's, if he's practicing grit. So I, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, it's in the Christian philosophy that you should be grateful. Thank and you I for am. joining us for but another episode too, of Martial Arts School and Talk and Podcast. I, um, this would not be know, possible not if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Well, it's Please funny, check out I, Elite you know, Insights for all your website is, needs. Band is called they can be reached at Elite Insights. Add health coaching. And, helping uh, school owners create a new and easy to implement revenue stream for your school. Visit 
Ad Help Coaching. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit leadhuntermedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at academykings.com. And Spark Membership, hands down the best martial arts software for school and management on the planet. They can be reached at sparkmembership.com. We will see you in your eyes the way it's supposed to be, you know, and, and, you know, he, he kind of lives his life, you know, and does, you know, does the right thing by what he believes, you know? So everybody has a certain perspective, right? And, and, you know, tolerance though, for you, I, I mean, you have a right not to be tolerant at a ta- certain time because you've dealt with this over and over again. You have what is called experience, a track record of following multiple situations where things like this happen, where you're allowed to be, and I don't want to use the word jaded. You're allowed to have decision-making capability based on experiences. It doesn't mean that you're jaded necessarily. Do you agree? Yeah. No, I I got that Christian thing thrown back at me on Thursday by, because I told you Thursday was a crap show, right? right? Right. Yeah. So I had another phone call Thursday night. I'm out with a friend because this, uh, these, People are behind on payments and in their defense, uh, how my program director delivered the information to them could have been delivered better. Right. Uh, and then we don't have time to get into the whole long story, but the the lady messaged, the mom messaged us on Facebook messenger. Mm-hmm. She wants to speak to Mr. Brummett. And this is a Christian establishment question mark, like da, 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 da. So I'm like, oh crap. So I'm out with a friend one of the friends that I, I literally had not seen and been out with that friend probably since August. Okay. So anyways, I didn't block my time out with him. I sent a link because I use Calendly to, to do all that. I sent a link. Well, they booked a time within like 15 minutes of me out being out with my friend. I'm like, crap. Right. So I left the restaurant, went out in the car, listened to dad and the mom's behind him yelling. And then they flipped dad's their mom's on the phone. Dad's behind yelling and all in all at the very end. I said, I know, I know my program director's heart. I've known her for 15 years. Yeah. And I just, I just know that when I deliver this information, she's going to be, she's going to feel bad and she's going to want to apologize to you. Will you guys accept the apology? You know, will you meet? Yeah. And they said, no, they said no. Hmm. And so I waited because, again, Thursday was a crap show. I was angry. Uh, I waited until about Sunday. And then I went back on to the thread that was messaged, looked this mom up on Facebook, and I saw different posts because I wanted to know, okay, do you consider yourself a Christian? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the posts reflect uh, God and Christianity. So in my head, I was like, why didn't you just say that on the phone, Dwayne? Ask right away, are you a Christian? And then when they said yes, say, okay, well, if somebody wants to apologize to you as a Christian, shouldn't you stand there and and at least listen to the apology? Mm. Like I I wanted to throw that back at her in her face. Right. You know, I I didn't do that. But yeah, I hate it when people throw that Christian card out at me. Um, yeah, that it becomes very, very angry. It becomes very accusatory, right? Or when people are like, "Okay, you know, are you a Christian?" Well, of course I'm a Christian. Like, why do you question that? Like, you know, then it becomes even more inflamed. I think I've learned one of the best lessons I've ever learned 
was sometimes to just apologize and not show my point of view. Like I always, that's what I did. Yeah. And that's it because it, you're not going to win. Like, you know, cause if people owe you money and you ask them for the money, you know who they're mad at you for asking for the money, not themselves for owing the money because whatever situation is that they didn't pay and why and what happened and situation. Like when I have a few people that I've let slide and, and help them and gave them free tuition for a few months. And now it's time for them to come back and pay again. And they're, they've ghosted me. And I say to myself, I knew that was going to happen. I, I just knew it, but, but what can I do? Like you gotta trust and have faith that certain people, one out of every five are going to turn out to be good people. Um, because sometimes it's hard for people to actually do the right thing. It, and then rather than admitting to it, they will disappear and you'll never see them again. It's a shame, right? But that's part of it. That strength is to have, to be able to speak and, and apologize is not as easy as it seems. It goes back to uh, Grandmaster Hafner. He had always talked about, and I didn't, I, I, I understood the concept. But now is it's a real hard concept uh, yeah. to put into practice. And, and his his um, his phraseology was you have to be immune to criticism. Right. You have to. You have to be immune to criticism. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think, you know, depending on the family structure that you grow up in, maybe even the, the, the pecking order <laughs> right. uh, of, of when you were born and just all those things. There's a lot of factors on oh, yeah. why. Some people aren't immune to criticism and yeah. they take it to heart. Well, that's what our society, I mean, we're out of time, but I mean, we could do this in another, but, you know, politically and our society um, in this day and age is very emotional, very sensitive. You know, back in the day when I was younger, we would call each other all sorts of names for fun. And, you know, nowadays you even have mentioned it. Like I remember meeting my daughter's boyfriend for the first time, uh, maybe, uh, you know, a few weekends ago, we had dinner together and I had to be on eggshells, not saying anything because I didn't know his political affiliation or, you know, how he thought or whatever. So like, I would say something and I see my daughter's eyes just open up. like, look at me, like maybe I'm going down the wrong path. Like, so I changed subject right away, you know, so everybody's very sensitive nowadays, you know, and I, I wish that we weren't because it'd be a much nicer place right to live yeah. to live all right yeah exactly so uh thank you i'm gonna tell you first yeah thank you for this year being a part of this and us working together and absolutely and, uh, giving back to the industry that we that we so love yeah um that's given so much to us and i i don't know about you i look forward to uh next year yeah and uh you know the different challenges that we're going to have the different yeah guests that we'll have on and yeah. uh, the different opportunities to share. Uh, but I, I really appreciate you, sir. So thank yeah. you. And likewise, man, I appreciate you. So no podcast next week. We're not back until the week after New Year's. Yeah, that won't be until like the third of, uh, of Jan or no. Yeah, the third. So December 3rd, we probably can do it. But uh, moving on forward, we're gonna have to switch to like our Monday that like I talked to you about switching to Mondays just because yeah. I've got some some yeah. uh, other things so no problem all right dude have a great day take care everybody have a happy holiday talk to you real soon all right sir bye-bye bye thank you for joining us for another episode of martial arts school learner talk podcast this would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors please check out elite insights for all your website needs 
They can be reached at EliteInsights.com. Add health coaching, helping school owners create a new and easy to implement revenue stream for your school. Visit AdHealthCoaching.com. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit LeadHunterMedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at AcademyKings.com. And Spark Membership, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. They can be reached at SparkMembership.com. We will see you next time.